Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Yeah, welcome once again to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski, the Breeze Man, along with Mike the Cap. Kapler, Growing in Grace, and this is part three of our time with Steve McVeigh. Steve McVeigh of Gracewalk Ministries at gracewalk.org. Steve, welcome to the program again. Thanks, Joel. Glad to be back with you today. And we're so happy to have you with us. You know, uh, as we've talked about, Cap and I, our, our lives of grace have been, you know, very much influenced by Grace Walk Ministries and everything that's come out of that. Uh, our program, Growing in Grace, began as something that aired on Grace Walk Internet Radio and continues to air there and, of course, is uh, available uh, on our uh, website at graceroots.org as well. And so we're thankful for that. We're thankful for everything that's come out of the Grace Walk Ministries. Well, I appreciate that. It's, it's encouraging to me to see how, how you guys are spreading the message, man. I tell you what, Grace Roots is tearing it up. I go to your site and I read your your blogs and uh, listen to the programs and uh, it's just it's exciting to see how this message is spreading out. Steve, uh, what what comes to your mind when I use the phrase license to sin? Um, miss, the, my, you know, if, if we're just doing a, what immediately comes to my mind, what comes to my mind is misunderstanding of grace because uh, that phrase, license to sin, of course, is a charge that's leveled against those of us who teach this message. And those who bring that charge against us don't know what we're teaching. They've misunderstood what we taught, what we've taught, because uh, grace is not a license to sin. Paul told Titus that the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live soberly, righteously, and just in this present age. Grace is the divine enablement by the life of Christ in us for us to be all that we've been called to be and do all that we've been called to do. So license to sin, that's just an inflammatory accusation spoken out of a, a mouth <laughs> that is, uh, that's not informed, a mind that's not informed, I should say. You know, about the truth of grace, because grace, you know, to me, as I've come to understand it, is is powerful and it's life. It's, it's the very life of the God who created the universe and who now indwells us. And if somebody thinks that that is going to cause somebody to want to sin, then I, you're right, it's, it's a wrong accusation. It's a misunderstanding of what grace is really all about. And so we walk in this life of grace knowing that God is agape, God is love, and that his, you know, when love is at work in us, that's not going to cause us to do all these crazy things that people claim we're going to do. And, and so on that note... Uh, the the word agape and and God being agape, how do you uh, understand that word agape and that God is not just loving towards us, but that He is indeed agape Himself? Well, I think that's that's pivotal, uh, Joel. You know, the, the Bible says God is love. Love is not something God just does. Love is His DNA. You know, my dear friend Paul Anderson Walsh in his book Safe and Sound. I think if I, unless I've just called the wrong book, uh, it's the one where he takes 1 Corinthians 13 and he moves down through that chapter and shows how that each descriptive uh, characteristic mentioned in 1 Corinthians 13 is, is a picture of our Father. And I think that's so true. Agape love 
is just that. It's unconditional. We've heard that all our lives. We say we believe it, but yet then if we fail to, as legalistic Christians, I mean, when we're trapped in that, if we fail to read our Bible enough, then we thought surely something bad would happen. If we didn't pray enough, we thought something bad would happen. And we had in our minds that somehow the blessings of God in our lives were contingent on our performance. Nothing could be further from the truth. Grace is the reality that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, not because of anything we have done or will do, but because of what Christ has done on our behalf. Steve, a question I get a lot from people as, as they start to, to grow uh, in their understanding of, of the grace walk. And, and I think you you are fantastic at being able to draw some great parallels from the the Old Testament and bringing bringing them into new covenant realities. But a lot of people will ask me, well, you know, if, if the old covenant is, is now obsolete and we're under the new covenant, what do we need the Old Testament and the Bible for? What, what do you say to people like that? Well, I say it's a good question, and I've met people that uh, that uh, have embraced the message of grace who think that. Now the Old Testament scriptures have no real value to us, but that's nothing could be further from the truth. The Old Testament scriptures are uh, types and shadows that point us toward Jesus. And over in the New Testament, the Bible says that they were written, you know, uh, as an example and and, and to to, to teach us. Uh, The thing, here's a key right here, Cap, in, in regard to that. We need to understand when we read the Bible that not all of the Bible is written to us but it's all written for us. And there is a distinction, a big distinction. Some people don't know that. Some people think the whole Bible is written to them. So when they read old, even Old Testament passages, or for that matter, any passage before the cross, they will inappropriately apply certain verses to their lives that were never directed to them and their lives. That was Old Covenant Scripture. However, those passages and many others, you know, the, the Old Covenant uh, scriptures are all written for us, and we can learn a lot from them. I did 39 months of teaching out of the Old Testament uh, that I just finished this past year. 39 months. I started in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, all the way through to Malachi, and every month I lifted out four uh, passages from each of the Old Testament books, and I used those passages to show how they were pointing us toward the grace of God revealed in Jesus so we're missing a lot of truth, a lot of, uh, we're overlooking a lot of gold lying on the ground there, so to speak, if we ignore our Old Testament scriptures. Yeah, um, Steve, uh, this, I, I am the type of person, and Cap and I have joked, joked about this on our program before, that we're glad that Paul wrote the things that he wrote, because uh, he, he, he certainly understood the Old Testament a whole, a whole lot better than we do, but it's good to have a teacher like you that will bring that, the grace and the life of Jesus Christ out of the Old Testament and and show how it was pointing to this this new covenant. Well, this uh, past uh, earlier this year, uh, Steve, uh, in uh, in Atlanta, uh, I was able to uh, be there when uh, when you and Paul Anderson Walsh had the Radical Sonship Conference, and I took a lot of notes during that, and uh, it tremendously blessed me. And and coming up, I understand uh, this this April, uh, April twenty ten, uh, it's. Uh, Radical, uh, radically better, is that right? Uh, and, and what would that be about? Radically better will be the theme this year. That's right. We'll do uh, that conference here in, in the States in Atlanta in April, and then the same conference again in London, England in November. We're moving the England conference a little later in the year this year. But uh, the teachings, as, as 
those who participated will remember each year we take a particular book of the Bible and we use this radical as our as our common denominator for each of the years. We did radical freedom uh, and then radical sonship. And this time radically better will be uh, uh, looking at some things in the book of Hebrews and showing how that uh, as we've appropriated and, and grace in our lives, everything has become radically better. And I won't, I won't get into it, but if those, those who have read Hebrews know all that the, the most commonly used word in Hebrews is the word better. And we're going to talk about those better things as we um, do that conference together. Hey, Steve. Um, <clears throat> a while back, you posted a series of video blogs called uh, something like uh, 101 Lies Taught in Church Every Sunday. Um, those have caught fire on the Internet. <laughs> they, they get posted on Facebook a lot, and, and they're, they're really great nuggets. Um, do, do you plan on putting those in book form? I'm almost finished with the manuscript now, except it won't be 101. That's going to have to be two books because 101 is too many for one book. So right now it's looking like it's going to be 52 lies taught in church every Sunday. And then uh, assuming and, and, and seeing how that book is received, then I'll do a second book on the same topic. But, yeah, man, talk about on fire. You're not kidding. I have gotten a uh, response. That's one thing I love about YouTube. You're not preaching to the choir on YouTube, buddy. <laughs> you get people that are Christians, and you get people that are atheists, and you know folks from every walk of life. And so, it's been interesting to see the uh, response across the board that I've gotten on those videos. Well, and when you did them, I think I've heard you talk about this before. You, you just kind of sat down with a camera and your Bible, and you just rattled them off. You really didn't give it a whole lot of uh, premeditation, did you? No, I did not. And what I did is I sat down and I literally wrote number one, number two, number three, and I wrote out 101 lies. And when I say 101 lies taught in church, I taught them all. That's why I wrote them so easily. And then I just turned on the camera and I didn't have a script. I hadn't prepared. I just turned on the camera and started talking. And uh, because I taught this stuff, it wasn't hard for me to do. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's made it's it's aroused interest with some. Uh, it's caused some people to move toward freedom. It's caused some people to hate me. <laughs> I've got a lot of hate mail over that. I've also had a lot of people that said, "Wow, this shows me a perspective of Christianity I've never known before." It's really neat. I've communicated. I'll give you an example. The one most recently, I've been in communication with a guy that is an atheist in England, and uh, we've been writing back and forth and back and forth, and uh, he came to that set of videos because he thought he was going to get some ammunition, you know. But lo and behold, when he gets there, he finds out it's actually a Christian. Uh, not just a Christian, but a Bible teacher. And so he's curious, and he listens. And so I'm communicating back and forth and back and forth with this guy. And uh, the last time I uh, w communicated through uh, Facebook with, with notes we were sending each other, he said, hey, when you come to England for that Radically Better conference next year, I'm going to come hear you. Well, that's awesome. You know, isn't it interesting? Yeah, so how, you never know what the Lord will do. Yeah, how an, an atheist would be affected that way, and then people in the church they take they take a look at that word lie, and they go, uh, "This guy's uh, you know a, a heretic." He's <laughs> and you know I do I think people do take offense to that word lie, but it's the truth. You know the that it that it is a lie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I I've taken a lot of grief over that title, but let me be honest. <laughs> I chose that title on YouTube because 
when you're out there in cyberspace, you know as well as I do, you better have something that's going to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to be provocative with that title. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, let me be quick to say, when I say this is 101 lies, you know, people have come back, some have come back and said, now how dare you say that pastors are liars or they're telling lies in the pulpit on purpose? They've not done that. Well, the point that I make is this. When I grew up, here's what my mother told me. My mother told me that a half a truth is a lie. In other words, if you don't tell the whole truth, you're lying. And so these lies, and it's not coincidental that I call them 101 lies taught in church every Sunday by Steve McVeigh. If you look at the videos when they come on, when you tell half a truth, then you've told a lie because to dilute the gospel is to pollute the gospel. Mm -hmm. And when you've polluted the gospel, you've destroyed it. It's either law or grace, Paul said. It can't be both. We do thank you, Steve, uh, for joining us and and for being a person out there who, rather than polluting the gospel, you've got those beautiful feet who are going around spreading the good news. And many, many people, many lives all around the world are plugging in to your ministry into gracewalk.org or whether it's Facebook or your blog or all these things. And so we're so thankful that you've spent some time with us uh, these last three programs, Steve, and uh, we do hope that you'll keep in touch. Thank you, guys, and I appreciate you. I'm excited to have you on Grace Walk Radio and just appreciate your ministries and all you do uh, as we work together to make people know the truth of the love and grace of our Father. Thanks. Thank you, Steve. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard weekly on Grace Walk Internet Radio and other online sources around the world. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.